you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the coronavirus news behind the coronavirus news. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or you can shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call our vent line and leave your rants. And if they're good, we'll use them on the broadcast. That number is 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, here we are. I think it's day 14 or 15 into this social distancing regime that uh, we've implemented across the nation. Crashing our economy, sending people home from work, hiding in their homes, closing the parks and the beaches, for God's sakes. I don't even understand that. I mean, don't you want people to get outside and get some exercise and get sunshine? Uh, you know, people don't have to crowd together in parks and beaches. That doesn't make a bit of sense. But uh, here we are two weeks into this thing. The original prescription that came out of our fearless leaders was uh, one month. The president is pushing to go ahead and reopen this economy uh, two weeks from now. After that one month expires, he's being absolutely assailed for even suggesting the possibility being second-guessed by this guy, Anthony Fauci, who is a uh, a cautious and uh, cover-your-butt type of uh, bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. Down here on the Treasure Coast, uh, a lot of people are, are going about their business. We have uh, very... Uh, few cases reported where I'm located. Uh, but you know, people are still building homes. They're still selling homes. They're still operating gas stations. The restaurants are still open, but you can't eat inside. You have to pick it up from a window. They've, uh, they've adapted and they're handing food out the windows. Stores are still, still in business. Uh, there's, you know, all, a lot of retail outlets are closed, uh, except for home Depot and Lowe's who are staying open during this thing. And, um, you know, I, uh, I've been reluctant to tell people that this was overblown. Although in the early, uh, days of this, I said that, uh, you know, b- based on the panic that was being whipped up, I expected the, the response to the crisis, uh, the virus to be actually worse than the virus itself. And we see that that is now coming true as the, uh, the federal government is, uh, set to dole out, $2 trillion in direct aid to uh, unemployed workers and small businesses and big corporations. And the Federal Reserve is gearing up to uh, to hand out another $4 trillion. Did I say uh, $2 billion from the federal government? It's $2 trillion. And the Federal Reserve is gearing up to hand out another $4 trillion. Uh, this is going to have severe inflationary effects, and it's going to uh, it's going to lead to a precedent that uh, is really unsustainable for our, our nation. These type viruses are not that unusual. You know, hardly anybody remembers the H1N1 virus or the SARS epidemic. It's looking that, uh, that the coronavirus uh, is slightly worse than those previous epidemics. 
But the response to it, whipped up by the media and this deranged anti-Trump uh, frenzy, <clears throat> has just uh, caused a response that's way, way over the top. You know, I was uh, in, in the aftermath of Katrina. I mobilized with a, a bunch of Union firefighters to the Gulf Coast down there. We set up an operations headquarters in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we were assisting with uh, with rescue and relief operations down in St. Bernard Parish, which is below New Orleans and all along the coast. We didn't go into uh, New Orleans that much because that's where FEMA was absolutely focusing their efforts, and, and they were uh, paying less attention to the, the people in the outlying areas uh, down on the tip of New Orleans and uh, St. Bernard Parish, uh, Chalmette, and uh, along the Mississippi and Alabama Treasure Coast, uh, Waveland and Pascagoula and Pas Christian and other other uh, uh, towns and counties. But one thing uh, that was very um, clear is the difference between the response and of the people that lived in the big cities and the people that lived in the smaller towns. While the people in the big cities huddled in the Astrodome screaming for the uh, the federal government to provide the relief, if you went down into uh, Chalmette and along the, the Gulf Coast and Mississippi and Alabama, those people were getting about recovery on their own. They weren't waiting for people to address their problems. And I see a lot of parallels in what's going on now with the response to this virus. We know now that uh, this virus is largely uh, centered in New York City and Los Angeles and Seattle. There's there's like 45,000 cases now that have been diagnosed in New York City. Now that's uh, although you know there's uh, they're screaming from the rooftops, even forty five thousand confirmed cases out of a New York City population of nine million only ends up being uh, far less than uh, well, it's about point zero zero five. That's uh, half of uh, a, a tenth of a percentage. So about one out of every two hundred people in New York City has been diagnosed. Uh, with the virus, and uh, that's resulted in about 4,500 deaths. Now, out of a population of 9 million, that doesn't seem so overwhelming. But even then, if you look at these 45,000 cases that are concentrated in New York City, and you compare that to, uh, for instance, the caseload in Texas, a very large populous state that has so far only reported about 1,000 cases, um, you, you wonder... Uh, First of all, are they diagnosing cases in New York City uh, at a faster clip than Texas because everybody is so panicked? And second, you don't see the uh, the absolute meltdown coming out of the government in Texas as you do in the state of New York. And I think that that uh, is right in keeping with um, the fact that you got uh, the, the governor of New York on TV screaming about um, you know, how his system is being overwhelmed and uh, how they desperately need the help of the federal government. I'm not saying that the federal government shouldn't back up the states, but certainly the states should have been uh, better prepared. In the case of New York, we know Como spent, uh, made a decision not to buy ventilators and instead uh, 
squandered billions and billions of dollars on uh, windmills and, and solar panels. And also in New York City, uh, you can see that in the early days of this crisis, when states like New York and Florida, uh, in states like Texas and Florida, were implementing common sense measures, um, the, you had officials in the government in this uh, New York City telling people to just go about their business. Here's a clip of New York City Health Commissioner urging people to ignore the warnings that were on TV and go about their business. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low and that our preparedness as a city is very high. There is no reason not to take the subway, not to take the bus, not to go out to your favorite restaurant, and certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm going to be there. Yay, yay. We want to go about our parade. All of that information coming out of the White House is a misinformation. Just go about your business because we'd hate to miss the parade. Can you imagine how many people were infected at that uh, Chinese New Year parade where people pack uh, cheek to jowl along the the uh, roads in Chinatown? And uh, anybody that raised any concerns that this was a bad practice got a scolding from New York State Senator John Liu. But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hearty people. As an Asian American, I've been somewhat disturbed, if not outright appalled, at some of the comments or gestures that I have seen. Diseases originate from anywhere or from particular places in the world. Well, they don't actually uh, originate from anywhere. I mean, there are uh, areas that uh, are more likely to be the origins of these diseases like China. You know, we've had the swine flu, the uh, SARS epidemic, and now H1N1 along with a host of others coming out of China where there are 1 billion people are stacked on top of each other in densely populated cities and engaging in practices that are really third world as far as their food supply goes, going to these wet markets, buying wild animals and butchering them on site uh, for human consumption. We have ended up suffering the consequences for that. That's if you believe that story. Uh, I think it's still yet to be uh, determined whether or not it came out of that work market or it came out of China's germ warfare laboratory located just 20 miles away. But China is definitely a, a reoccurring source of these epidemics. And I think that this should be part of our whole reevaluation of our relationship with China. China is also... You know, exporting um, millions of uh, caplets of this fentanyl that's uh, taking such a deadly toll across our country. If you've got a, a nation that's unwilling, and you better believe that the communist dictatorship in China could stop the flow of fentanyl if they really wanted to do it. So at the very least, they're turning a blind eye to this uh, scourge of fentanyl that uh, is coming into our shores. And if you believe that they wouldn't actually weaponize a virus in order to damage America. I don't think you're, uh, well, I should say, I think you're underestimating just how uh, malevolent a forced a communist dictatorship really is. So you got Andrew Como out there screaming from the rooftop, saying that the federal government's not doing enough, that they need tens of thousands of more ventilators. 
And uh, a rumor started yesterday on social media saying that uh, doctors in New York and other highly affected areas like California are now discussing do not resuscitate orders for any uh, patient that um, uh, that needs it uh, because, uh, you know, they need the bed space. And when you do these resuscitation efforts, uh, it is an opportunity for a, a great deal of the spread of the virus. Dr. Deborah Bricks, who is the uh, coordinator of the president's coronavirus task force, who is and has really emerged as a superstar. You know, if you're wanting to look at a you feminists in particular, if you want to look at an example of a strong, competent, um, just indispensable woman, Deborah Bricks on this uh, task force should really be your role model, not um, Gloria Steinem or Jane Fonda or the rest of these, uh, leftist feminazis. Deborah Bricks is the model of a strong, competent woman. And uh, as I say, she's really emerged as a superstar in this task force. And she was on TV yesterday telling people just calm down situation about ventilators. We were reassured and meeting with our colleagues in New York that there are still ICU beds remaining and there's still significant over a thousand or two thousand ventilators that have not been utilized yet. Please, for the reassurance of people around the world, to wake up this morning and look at people talking about creating DNR situations, do not resuscitate situations for patients. There is no situation in the United States right now that warrants that kind of discussion. You can be thinking about it in a hospital. Certainly many hospitals talk about this on a daily basis. But to say that to the American people, to make the implication that when they need a hospital bed, it's not going to be there. Or when they need that ventilator, it's not going to be there. We don't have an evidence of that right now. And it's our job collectively to assure the American people that it's our collective job to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, right now, you can see these, state, these cases are concentrated in highly urban areas. There are other parts of the states that have lots of ventilators in other parts of New York State that don't have any infections right now. So we can be creative. We can meet the need by being responsive. But there's no model right now, I mean, no reality on the ground where we can see that 60 to 70 percent of Americans are going to get infected in the next 8 to 12 weeks. I just want to be clear about that. So we're adapting to the reality on the ground. We're looking at the models of how they can inform. But we also are learning very clearly from South Korea and from Italy and from Spain. Just a final, because I know many of you will look up my numbers. The only people who are over really one in a thousand cases are people that have very small populations like Monaco and Liechtenstein. So you will see a different number coming from when your population is really tiny. One case can put you over one to a thousand. Calm, competent, reassuring, totally uh, in charge of the subject matter. A retired uh, U.S. Army Medical Corps veteran who uh, was deep into the research in response to the HIV crisis has really brought a level of, um, of common sense 
to these daily press briefings, and it may tell you why NBC and CNN and National Public Radio have decided to stop covering these uh, these daily press conferences because they they fear, and they, they have said it out loud in columns and, and on uh, CNN and MSNBC, that this uh, these press conferences are uh, making the president and his task force look competent and effective in addressing this crisis. And that's the last thing that they want. And they don't want Trump, illustri- uh, you know, shown putting a, a strong, competent woman in charge of, uh, of this, you know, a very dire emergency. He called her Deborah the other day, and they just freaked out. How dare he refer to Dr. Bricks as Deborah? Well, he refers to Dr. Fauci as Tony. You know, he's he's a high-level businessman, a CEO. He's their boss, and he uh, he's probably referring to them by their first name out of out of affection and uh, and familiarity. I think he probably should refer to her as as Dr. Bricks, but um, you know, it's it's not a big deal. You know, most of the, the news we're getting now, uh, since the mainstream media is starting to turn away and censor these daily press conferences, is coming from Fox News. And Fox News ratings, as a result, have shot through the roof. Now, Fox News, if you believe that the, the Murdoch boys that are running Fox News are actually committed uh, conservatives or, or Republicans, you're dead wrong. They're making a strictly economic decision that there is a huge portion of the um, population of this country, the viewers, that uh, that you know want to get that news, but I sure wish Fox was in the hands of actual conservatives that uh, you know believed in the cause, because uh, the Murdoch boys are anything but. They are denizens of uh, the cocktail parties in Manhattan and out in L.A. Recently, uh, Lynch on Murdoch bought the most expensive mansion in the Hollywood Hills overlooking Los Angeles. It's a, it's set up, you know, to entertain all of his, uh, his celebrity and uh, show business friends out there. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241-800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. In the second half of today's show, we're going to be joined by Dan D'Amico. He is the former CEO and president of Nucor Steel, and he uh, he is the chairman of 
the Coalition for a Prosperous America that is uh, is putting forward plans now to decouple our economy and our critical industries from Chinese control. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. He has, uh, he has been a real champion of the American worker. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, I guess this is not funny, but it is kind of funny in a way. Um, health experts in the United Kingdom uh, advised early on that uh, the, the appropriate response to this crisis was to to isolate and uh, quarantine people that were high risk and let everybody else go about their business so that uh, they would, you know, a certain percentage of the population, actually a majority, would go ahead and get the virus and develop immunities to it and, uh, and they could move on. British uh, floated this idea that essentially uh, they, they would quarantine or self-quarantine off high-risk individuals and that over a period of time when 60-70% of the population had been infected that essentially the virus would burn itself out and the r not would drop uh, to one or less. But the idea at the same time is obviously someone like my 97-year-old mother who lives with me would be restricted at home away from uh, risk for probably a couple months. But the larger population uh, would uh, develop immunity by exposure. I actually do think that that is the appropriate response. And and the, the, the economy in the United Kingdom has suffered far less as a result. But we're learning today, uh, to the glee of many leftists in the United Kingdom, that the Prime Minister Boris Johnson has contracted the coronaviruses and, and is now working at home. His home is actually the seat of government, just uh, like it is at the White House, number 10 Downing Street. Uh, But um, uh, people are taking great glee in the fact that just a couple of weeks ago, Boris Johnson was on TV saying things like this. No, well, I, well, Victoria, I can tell you that I, 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 I'm shaking hands. Continuously. I was at a, I was at a hospital the other night where I think there were a few, there were actually a few coronavirus uh, patients, and I shook hands with everybody. Uh, you'll be pleased to know, and, and I continue to shake hands. And uh, I think it's very important that we, you know, people obviously can make up their own minds. I think that Matt has said that people must make up their own minds, but I think the scientific evidence is well. I'll hand over to the, to, to the experts, but, but our, judgment, our judgment is wash. Uh, washing your hands is the crucial thing. Uh, the expert was standing next to Boris Johnson when he was saying that, just shaking his head. So, uh, yeah, you know, go about your business, do your job. But uh, shaking hands in this this time of a pandemic is probably not a good idea. And and Boris Johnson is a prime illustration of that. Maybe he was uh, he was more on point when he was saying things like this. If your friends ask you to meet, you should say fuck off. <laughs> Let me play that again. If your friends ask you to meet, you should say fuck off. <laughs> well, we're now seeing that Anheuser-Busch is, is uh, producing hand sanitizer and distributing it. It's a, it's a great uh, uh, con- you know, contribution to the uh, virus, but uh, they're labeling their hand sanitizer with their uh, Anheuser-Busch logo, and I'm not sure that's such a good idea because there are people that will drink that stuff. <laughs> Oh, you got to hear this clip. This is uh, Aaron. Uh, I can't remember her last name over there at CNN. She had on a guest named Neil Rubenstein, a, a very uh, portly gentleman, and uh, he had contracted the advice. and And Aaron asked him, uh, you know, what uh, what was it like? Here was his response. Virus, and what were your symptoms? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, 
Thanks so much, Aaron, for having me on. Uh, I first suspected I had symptoms when I had really bad diarrhea. Just, just some of the most awful, awful diarrhea. Just so much, di- like an absurd amount of di- so much diarrhea. It was an epic amount of diarrhea. Just. <laughs> Just so much of it. Just diarrhea on top of diarrhea. Just everywhere. Just I was having diarrhea all over. It was really just a ridiculous amount. Did you have diarrhea, Neil? Listen, you can't imagine the amount of diarrhea. (laughs) Got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Mojo 5 Radio right after these messages. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, in every crisis, there are opportunities. And if there can said to be a silver lining to this current pandemic, it's forcing our leaders in government and industry to reassess our disastrous trade relationship with China as we've come to the realization that we've allowed a communist dictatorship to capture 80% of our critical pharmaceutical manufacturing, including life-saving drugs like penicillin and products like ventilators that we've heard so much about. To talk about this, we're joined now by Dan D'Amico. Dan's the former CEO of Nucor Steel Company and serves as a trade advisor to Donald Trump during the 2016 presidential campaign. Dan is also chairman of the Coalition for a Prosperous America, and you can find them online at prosperousamerica.org. They're a group of manufacturers, uh, farmers, ranchers, and labor organizations designed to, to forward the American economic agenda. Dan's also the author of American Made, Why Making Things Will Return Us to Greatness. You can find that on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. Dan, for th- thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Jim. Thank you for having me. So uh, we're coming to the realization now that uh, our leaders in Washington and in Wall Street have allowed our critical life-saving pharmaceutical industry to be almost entirely offshore to the point where we no longer even manufacture penicillin in this country. I saw a hit on uh, Fox Business yesterday. I just caught the tail end of it, but they were, uh, they were plugging the efforts that the Coalition for a Prosperous America were up to. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well. 
the Coalition for Prosperous America is something that I encourage your listeners to look into. You can do that at prosperousamerica.org and uh, visit our site and see all of the issues and news items and research that we've done on a whole host of issues, uh, the most recent of which has to do with the uh, uh, problems encountered and brought to light for the, for the American people probably for the first time uh, with respect to where our medicines are manufactured. And not only where the medicines are manufactured, but where the ingredients for the medicines come from, whether the medicines are made in India or in Europe or the little bit that's made in the United States, um, everything ha- follows back to China. All the manufacturing of antibiotics, the manufacturing uh, of many of our, our, our uh, drugs, um, and also the ingredients to go to, to all the other places in the world to make similar drugs, um, all come out of China. And uh, it's, it, it's amazing that we've allowed ourselves to outsource our manufacturing. Um, and this is something that the coalition and myself personally have been battling for 20 years. Um, it's amazing we've allowed that to happen. The naiveness of which our manufacturers uh, our CEOs, our financial people, the Wall Street investment for, uh, folks that provide the money t- to this outsourcing trend that's gone on for 20-plus years. It's the naiveness that somehow we could rely on a communist, Chinese communist government or any communist government to be our source of manufactured products, most recently highlighted by the fact that they're almost the sole manufacturer of our medicines, our vitamins. You know, I, uh, I I was well aware that we had offshored critical industries like uh, steel production, and you've had great success bringing that back. And uh, even uh, parts that go into our military uh, hardware. But until this happened, I, I just could never have believed that our national government would have allowed us to become so vulnerable to offshore uh, these critical, you know, life-saving medicines to communist China. The last I looked, most of a lot of this stuff, I should say, was manufactured in Puerto Rico because it was an American territory and and uh, enjoyed certain tax benefits. Uh, and I wonder, you know, if uh, if Puerto Rico's uh, disastrous um, condition uh, wasn't partly uh, attributable to the fact that you know we we took all of those industries away from them and sent them over to the to the Chicoms and and uh, a communist nation. Well, here's exactly how that process works, and it's not just Puerto Rico, but it certainly happened with respect to the antibiotics and medicines that were being manufactured there, as well as elsewhere in the United States, and that is the Chinese government heavily subsidized and basically put their state-owned, state-controlled enterprises uh, uh, in full gear to undermine the manufacturing of medicines by dumping medicines and ingredients at very, very low, heavily subsidized prices that forced everybody to, to either go out of business or move their operations to China. And our government stood by idly and let that happen. And uh, so it wasn't something that some guy decided Puerto Rico anymore. It was something driven by the actions of the Chinese Communist Party and the state-owned enterprises 
that they controlled and that they subsidized to undermine and take over the pharmaceutical industry. You know, what's so uh, especially, what's so especially uh, maddening about this is a lot of the research and development for those life-saving drugs that, that China is manufacturing and enjoying the economic benefits of were paid for by U.S. taxpayers. So the U.S. taxpayers get to pay to develop these drugs through, you know, through their taxes. And then we offshore the economic benefit for the manufacturer to our economic rivals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is a point that I can't emphasize enough to your listeners. This is much bigger than just pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals is the issue that you are all going to be made aware of because of the coronavirus outbreak, which was also initiated in China, as have four out of the five last major global viruses uh, all come out of China as well. That's, an, that's, a, that's that. a topic that needs a lot more attention, too. They're, they're basically yes. uh, claiming that any discussion of that is verboten and, and off limits uh, when, in fact, you know, so many of these viruses come out of China with their, their yes. third world uh, food practices. Well, it's, you know, I don't know exactly what the reasons why they came out of China, but they do. That's a fact. Um, and so but my point to your listeners is this is something that's befallen the entire U.S. manufacturing sector. And now they're trying to, to, to basically uh, include our financial services industries that in the same uh, pattern of disaster that has engulfed our manufacturing sector. But Pred- it's not just drugs. Predatory it's, practices. It's auto parts. It's supply chains. Now, the good news in all of this is you, the American people, and through the efforts of organizations like the Coalition for a Prosperous America and many others who have been fighting this battle for 20 years or more, we are going, the American people are going to say, enough's enough. All right, this is going to stop. We're going to vote you guys out of office. All you globalists have been taking this globalization to an extreme where you've concentrated our manufacturing in a communist country that is at war with us in every sense of the word except dropping bombs. All right, they're not doing that, but they're doing everything else. They don't have to drop bombs if they can if they can conquer us economically. Exactly, because they know, and they've learned from history, that if you control, if you have the world's strongest economy, you control the world. If you have the world's strongest economy, you have the world's most powerful armies and navies and military. Um, and uh, so their goal all along has been to undermine our economic strength because they knew that would undermine our uh, national security and military strength. I mean, the reason we defeated the Russians in the cold war is because we bankrupt them. Exactly. Right. It was, it was an effort on the part of the U S to, to put them in a situation where economically they could not go toe to toe with us. And, 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 and their efforts to try caused them to go bankrupt and the USSR collapsed. Um, and, and so the Chinese have seen this, and they and they understand. They understand what they need to do. They need to destroy our economy. It's us who have been blinded by uh, short-term profit gains, uh, where the CFOs and, and, and the CEOs of our multinational companies um, took it, took things to an extreme in moving our manufacturing over there. And it, it wasn't just for low-cost wa- uh, wages. Wages are not the issue. They weren't back then. They aren't today. It's much bigger than all that. 
I've talked about this before. It's all the subsidies and the currency manipulation. All the advantages the Chinese government gave to their own companies and to foreign companies to come there and the incentives they gave them to come there. Um, and we allowed it to happen. And we had this false notion that, well, politically, you know, it's, we should encourage their economic development because if we do, they're going to become more democratic. And the Chinese Communist Party was sitting there going, I'm the spider, you're the fly. Come to me. All right? Come into my web. Sure, you guys want to believe that? That's great. And we're going to, we're going to let you think that, and we're going to just absorb everything and steal your IP, force you to the point where you can't own the majority of the business here. We will own it. Then we're going to take your technology and create our own state champions, and then we're going to go out and destroy your economy and your companies and your manufacturing base and then undermine your military strength and your national security. That's what they've been about for 30 years. We're finally waking up, and the only reason we're waking up because we have a leader now in Washington who gets it. His name is Donald Trump. You know, Heaven I t- forbid he doesn't get reelected. You know, I tell people uh, a lot that uh, we, you know, we've got a free market laissez-faire economy in the United States, and we've allowed uh, these corporations to get so big and and have uh, such a corner on the market uh, that they're able to do this to us. Um, people need to understand that a corporation is sort of an artificial entity. It doesn't have a conscience. It doesn't have any sense of patriotism. It serves the bottom line. And if you don't have people that uh, that have the nation's best interests at heart heading those corporations, this is the inevitable result because they will continue to chase, um, you know, the lowest possible price for everything. And that's what's happened, as near as I can tell, for the last 40 years is uh, one industry after another, including steel, including electronics, including, you know, high value production. Uh, has been offshore to China. And I just wonder what it's going to take to address this issue uh, and extract ourselves from this globalist trap. Well, here, here's the thing, Jim. It's, it's, it's not, I, I would have to disagree with the, the comments you just made about it. it's all due to, to the people running these corporations. You have to understand. But if they don't serve the, the bottom line on the next quarterly report, Dan, they'll be gone and they'll find somebody that will. But you, what you need to understand is it's more than just that, okay? Many good companies that are patriotic in, their, in the way that they approach running their businesses, they care about their customers, they care about their employees, and do everything they can to support a strong American economy, get undermined by the Chinese government, well, they get undermined by the Chinese government, and they also get undermined by other corporations that don't hold those same values. I have no doubt that there are plenty of uh, patriotic, you know, old school uh, companies in this this country. You know, if you look back in our history, uh, we've got so many examples of that. The, these big titans of industry put their workers and their communities first, but as the pressures have built, you know, to to deliver for shareholders. I've seen it just um, morph into this profits at all costs, including the well-being of the nation. Well, listen, I'm not here to argue that point with hey, you. Hey, <laughs> that's what you're here. That's all what I'm, I'm here for. Dan, I love a little bit of argument. You you may be right. Well, and I'm I'm glad to, glad to hear you. What I'm saying to you, Jim, is much bigger than that. Okay, it's one thing. Yes, exactly what you said is taking place. 
we've, we've, we've focused on shareholders, not our employees, not on our country, not on patriotism, not on keeping America strong. When too many of our companies today, particularly multinationals and that have been sucked in by the short-term globalization phenomena, the extremes in globalization that they've taken things to. But you have to remember our government encouraged this through Democratic and Republican administrations because they thought that they could turn China into a more of a democracy if the middle class was enriched by having a stronger economy. Okay? That was a big miscalculation. The Chinese communists ha- had their own long-term strategy, and it was to take advantage of that. So here, you, here you've got business leaders being encouraged and also looking for, for moving and outsourcing for the wrong reasons, okay, and not understanding that they were creating a monster. And, and that's exactly what's happened. So it's not just been corporations. It's not, but it also has involved our own government administrations and our, and our mistaken idea that we could somehow dem- cause China to become a democracy or more of one, more like us. Well, no, there's no and, doubt that there's no and, doubt that the government. One cre- other thing. All right, go I ahead. Gotta, let me finish, Jim. I will. Let me finish, Jim. Go ahead. And the fact that the Chinese communists took advantage of this to the extreme it was part of their plan. Okay, they said, "Hey, this is great stuff." All right, and they they never had any intention, and they never were going to allow their country to become a democracy. They were going to just take advantage of our misguided focus and use it against us. And they did. And we kept playing into that. And we never got smart enough. It didn't matter whether it was the Bushes or it was the Clintons or it was the Obamas. None of them were smart enough. The last guy that was smart on this stuff was Reagan. Ross Perot. Ross Perot was, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, sounding the alarm. I'm talking about guys who were running the country as president. For sure. Okay. Ross Perot, Ross Perot certainly issued the warnings that weren't heeded. But we had leaders that should have known better. Okay, they should have been looking out for the country, and they should not have taken for granted what the Chinese communist strategy was. Now we know what it is. Now they've come out and said themselves they want to dominate the world in every industry of the future, using the same tools they used to undermine every other manufacturing and our pharmaceutical industries. Okay, they've come out and said that near China 2025 then. Well, certainly the government is responsible for creating the environment for a, uh, an economy that serves the interests of American workers, American companies, American stockholders, and the national interest. But so many of these, uh, these big corporations really control what goes on in Washington. So my question to you is, how do we extract ourselves from this situation? Do we need legislation similar to what uh, um, Josh Hawley is uh, advancing to uh, start protecting our critical industries? Well... You know, people get all nervous when you use words like protection, right? I don't. Um, to me, it's, it's not a matter of protection. It's a matter of enforcing the laws that people agreed to to access one another's markets. Okay? We haven't been doing that. It's not a matter of, you know, we, we have to somehow protect ourselves because we don't – we we have a, a lousy, uh, non-unproductive – group of people in this country or something. The most productive workers in the world. What we have is we have laws that have been totally ignored because it didn't suit the purpose of our, of our own government 
to try and, and from a geopolitical standpoint, influence the, the politics of the world. And because it, it, they were encouraged both at, here at home by our own government and incentivized by the Chinese government to move businesses there and to conduct, conduct businesses there. And if you just look at things from a short-term financial perspective, all right, the numbers say, yeah, do it. Now what we're learning is they never took into account the real costs to the American people, to our middle class, to the ability of our country to take care of itself, the real cost of all this outsourcing, the real cost of, cost of moving their businesses and their manufacturing overseas. And I would just the argue that cost- that's a level of naivety that's uh, really hard to wrap your mind around. Dan, I need to run to a break, but if you can hold through the break, I'd love to talk to you about this National Production Act and how you think the, the how good a job you think the president has done mobilizing private industry to address this virus. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. And we're on with Dan D'Amico, chairman of the Coalition for a Prosperous America, talking about this uh, this trade relationship with China and uh, and our response to the coronavirus. Dan, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, you know the president is getting a lot of pressure to enact these this National Production Act and force companies, private sector companies, to uh, manufacture products and supplies to address this crisis. While the president has preferred to take a path of uh, encouraging our uh, our our big corporations and small businesses to, to respond and it looks like that has been successful we've now conducted more tests in the last eight days than south korea which is said to be a model of the response to this virus uh, than they were able to do in the previous eight weeks so what uh what grade do you give the president on mobilizing private industry to uh, to help out in this crisis i give him an a for his leadership to accomplish that and bringing the private sector together and making it a public private private public partnership um it's it's uh something that you know the remains to be seen how how effective that's going to be with all of the uh companies that we need to respond in a positive way um but overall i think that he's done a great job of leading that effort bringing the the private sector together and getting them to, uh, to 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 work on coming up with the uh, both the cures to 
the virus, the, the medicine, the vaccines, but also to put together the manufacturing effort to build more ventilators, to build, to get more masks and, and, and safety garments that our medical staffs have to use to stay safe while they treat our sick. Um, I think he's done a great job of that. However, there, there are forces out there that will work to ignore or undermine those efforts. Um, and so you need to hit, he needs to have the tools available to him to be completely effective in what he's doing to say, Hey, you over there, we expect you to double your production of ventilators and whatever it is you need, you let us know and we'll make sure you get it. You know, and Oh, by the way, you know, you're making your ventilators here. Uh, are you exporting some to other countries? Now, we don't want to stop exporting to other countries, but, okay, if those other countries have stopped exporting their medical supplies to us, why are we sending products from here to there? Okay? You know, everybody needs to come together and, and help support the global effort, but we need to also make sure that we're taking care of ourselves here. Okay. You know, the only and quibble I would take with the president is is he, and when he's answering these questions, he always points out that he has that uh, to use as a as a as leverage if he needs to, and he he says that uh, these manufacturers are stepping up without that. I think he needs to praise these companies more. You know, I saw a story where uh, Mike Lindell, a big uh, manufacturer, My Pillow, has converted his factories almost overnight to produce. Uh, you know. 75% of his production now is producing these uh, these N95 face masks. And I think this is a great opportunity to really praise and uh, and celebrate the American way, uh, you know, where you have a free market that is much quicker in responding uh, than any sort of government oversight. I I've I've tell people, you know, if you want to turn the response to this coronavirus into uh, a trip to the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, you just start, uh, you know, telling companies how to run themselves and what they're going to produce and, and putting them on schedules. I, I think that these companies want to do the right thing. Well, you know, that's great. We live in a perfect world and the Kumbaya and everybody loves one another. We, we sing the, we sing the Coke commercial to one another every day. Give me a break, Jeff. <laughs> the world is not perfect. You yourself just got, you yourself just got through attacking all these companies. I'm not attacking all of them. I'm, talk, I'm attacking, I'm attacking right? the ones that are selling us out. Let's, Dan. let's be, let, let's be realistic. My friend, I know you're a champion and a patriot. Let's be realistic. Okay. When we were at war, a lot of the companies stepped up, but the government also has to, had to encourage and support the efforts of those companies to do those things. And that's all I'm saying, okay. that they should be celebrated. And, 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 and you, can't, you can't just say, oh, the companies are going to do it, and great, that stuff, and they'll do it on their own. No. You have to have behind that the force of the government that says, if you're not going to do it, we're going to intervene. We're going to force you to do it. Because this, we are in a wartime situation here when it comes to dealing with this virus and to fighting this virus. And, 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 so, and the only way that we're going to win this is if we're all in this together. And so, yes, the president took the right step, bring the private sector together. But I'm telling you, not everybody out there, all right, has the same motivation. There are a lot of companies in this country that manufacture here that are from elsewhere and, have, and are beholden elsewhere. Okay, and when it comes to ventilators in particular, we do have a few companies that make ventilators a company, but they're all foreign-owned, 
for the most part. And uh, part, some of the parts have to come from China. Okay. And, 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 and they have this concern about, well, you know, we do ship some of our ventilators to Europe and other places in the world. But we don't want you to come in and tell us we can only make them for here. Okay. Or, well, okay, if that's what you want, then show us how you're going to double, triple your production so that you can do all of that. But if you can't, if you're not going to willing to do all of that, and you can't do all of that, then we may have to make some hard decisions about where those ventilators go. I think a good example and, of and that is uh, when. Today. I think a that good example of that is uh, you know the, uh, the president was touting this uh, this joint venture with uh, GM and a, another pharmaceutical company to generate or to manufacture these ventilators, and now we're turn we're learning that the the cost to gear up you know from zero to do that is exorbitant. So maybe that's a case where the president will have to order some of these U.S.-based foreign-owned companies to manufacture for the domestic market. I just All I'm saying to you is that you took the right first step, get everybody to come together and support the American people okay, on this issue. But I'm also telling you that the world is not a perfect place. And there's a significant role for the government to have the ability to step in if they need to. And that's what the president has made very clear. We will use this Powers Act to step in if we need to. Dan, and we got to be a case where he's going to have to do that. You can count on it. Dan, we got about a minute left. I want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody about your book, American Made, why making things will return the U.S. to greatness uh, and uh, and where they can get that and uh, and why they should buy it. Well, you can get it on Amazon. It's not a very expensive book. All profits, all my profits go to veterans, not into my pocket. Um, It's an excellent book. It'll give you both a historical perspective about how we got to where we are and what we need to do to get out of it. And I encourage you even more to get involved with the Coalition for a Prosperous America, which touches over four to six million households in this country and is diverse, bipartisan, manufacturing, agricultural, ranching, union, you name it, organization working to make America more prosperous for the middle class and to build a strong economy for the future. Fantastic. Dan D'Amico, thank you for joining us. ProsperousAmerica.org for the Coalition of a Prosperous America. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again next week right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.